uh, we'll hit the ground running, Sinead. Before I introduce you into the room, let's talk petrol prices, right? Um, I suppose every country in the world right now is affected by inflation, uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine, although we're apparently not allowed to call it a war if you're part of the UN. Um, all of these different things are having this massive impact on petrol prices, right? So went down to my local garage uh, yesterday, and it was 189.9, which was bad, right? Went down to my local garage today and it was like two euro. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? That's not good. Uh, now, thankfully, at time we're recording, as of tonight, I don't know if you've seen the news yet. I just caught a glimpse of it there, yeah. There you go. So, so on Sunday, when this released, we're going to have hopefully some of the taxes reduced on the fuel, because at the moment, about 50% of what, what we're paying for fuel goes to taxes between Nora, excise duty, all of the other fucking duties thrown in on top of that. So we don't know what the price is going to be tomorrow, but how are your readers? And I'll introduce you in a moment, right? How are your readers? How are your viewers? Are, is anyone getting in touch with Cars Ireland to say, what the fuck is going on? I can't afford to drive anymore. Well, I think it's more word on the street. I think it's everybody. There's not really anybody that, that, this, that this isn't affecting. And I think passing that two euro mark during the week was a real kind of psychological uh breaking point for a lot of people um for it to just get that so out of control and i'm really delighted to see that the government are stepping in and are going to kind of you know bring it under some kind of control you would like to think i'm going to make a prediction right i'm going to predict that tomorrow or on sunday by the time people are listening and do you know what i hope i'm wrong here i'm going to predict that we're still going to be looking at 180 or 190 per litre, which is, okay, it's definitely better than €2 Euro plus, but I can't imagine we're going to get that much of a saving off our tax because the government needs our tax at the moment, unfortunately. I, I agree with you there. I agree with your prediction. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think they're going to be able to reduce by more than 20, 30 cents. Um, Fuck it, I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. And it, you know what? It's going, to be, it's going to be that hero effect, you know, like, well, you know, it could have been, it could have been much worse if it was two year last week and then suddenly your, your 180 isn't looking so bad anymore. We well, see, I, I have this other fear as well. As the dreadful uh, war goes on uh, over in Ukraine, um, as that goes on and as inflation increases, which was happening anyway prior to, to let's say, Russia invading uh, Ukraine, um inflation was hitting what we were paying for fuel anyway i still imagine even after we get this tax cut we're still going to be over two euro without those taxes now if the taxes remained on like i mean i think the prediction is up as high as 230 to 250 uh within the coming months so yeah it's 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 terrible stuff anyway i'm going to introduce you into the room ladies and gentlemen i am talking to the wonderful sinead mccann from carsireland.ie uh, for those of you who've ever looked at uh, Irish cars, car reviews on uh, YouTube, you've certainly come across Sinead. Uh, and Sinead, we're going to talk about your videos a little bit later on, if you don't mind. Well, thank you for that very kind introduction. That's, so, that's, that's quite all right. There, there is actually one video in particular, my favourite. Let's just get to your YouTube channel right now. My favourite video of all time from you is the one where you read out the comments that you received over the years. I, I had a look at it there a few months ago. I, I can't remember what I what I was researching, but I, I think I must have been doing an interview with somebody regarding, I don't know, uh, electric vehicles or something like that. So I went on to Cars Ireland, had a look at what you guys were talking about. And I came across your video where you're reading out these brilliant uh, and terrible and awful and everything else like that texts 
uh, I suppose, that were sent into you while you were doing these videos. That would that must have given you some buzz to actually sit there and go through all this. You you seem to be enjoying it. It was, you know, that I still get so much feedback on that video, and um, as you can imagine, being a woman on YouTube, being anyone on YouTube, you get a lot of strange folk, and some of them want to make very strange comments. So yeah. it was kind of a way of taking back control, I suppose, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've had it yourself from your time on YouTube. You get you know, the oddest comments on things that might not be at all relevant to the car. So we said we'd compile, we'd compile a list, sort of in the style of um, the inspiration was, is it the Saturday night show that does celebs, reads, yeah. tweets? And, yeah. you know, they make it funny. And, you know, I well, have plenty of material to work from, unfortunately. You, you definitely, made, definitely made it funny. And look, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, I suppose it's one of the things about social media. And if I'm being honest, like, I mean, I rarely use Twitter. I use it now to push out the podcast, but I'm rarely on Twitter. I think I gave up on Facebook because I can't log in. It's demanding a pin from a logged in account. And I'm oh, they want your blood them. group and everything to get in. Oh, these days. Yeah. Here, I've sent on my driving license to them about four or five times. And it's like, uh, no, we can't identify that as you. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? But um, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more because I, I used to find it on YouTube. Like, Okay, I'd get slagged off for how I looked. If I, I remember once I had a spot in my forehead that came up in the comments. Okay, uh, the spot comes and goes. Actually, it's there again. Um, so I got the spot on my forehead. I, the way I say Peugeot, I had this debate with Michael Sheridan recently enough. Um, we yeah. constantly, constantly get that on the channel. Myself and Anthony, anyone from it seems outside of Ireland is saying you're saying it wrong. Yeah, but but we are. But look, if if, if we'd say, I mean, how many people have you met who call Audi Audi? Um, be a, and apparently, if you're in Germany, you call BMW BMV. Um, oh, I hadn't heard that one. Well, no, I, I, I think that's the way it is because a W is a V. Uh, that that's pronunciation. And then if you look at the likes of Renault, Renault, I had Joe Joe Rapus on there two weeks ago, and he was at the the point in case he was like Renault. Was like, yeah. and I didn't want to correct him because I used to call her Renault. Then I became cultured and went, no, it's Renault. Um, well, yeah. I mean, if enough people are saying it, well, then, I, I mean, you could trip yourself up on over plenty of car names. Most of them, you know, if you want to get into your Citroën and your, you know, your... Oh, wow. <laughs> Jesus, where'd you learn that? Do you live over in France or something? <laughs> That's amazing. The Citroën. accent thing is funny, though. The accent is something that people will pick, pick on mercilessly. Um, yeah. Three, the number three, three something that we constantly any car that had a, a three in the name um you know i didn't know there was a peugeot or peugeot 3008 you know <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, of course the the three the three series um listen i have a few questions down here about uh, videos and i'm really going to put you on spot here now i texted you earlier on and said look we'll have a quick chat about petrol prices and i want to ask you about a uh, recent test drive etc right a couple of questions about videos right mm -hmm. so you used to work and I, i'm not sure if you still do so let me know if you do uh tim a uh, videographer tim amazing fella amazing videographer is he still shooting with you um sometimes yeah we're kind of we're doing a lot of kind of self-shooting at the moment as well I suppose COVID kind of messed things up it made things very tricky for us before Christmas because we we really weren't you know trying to make contacts that we didn't strictly need so mm. we were doing a lot of self-shooting but no Tim is incredible to work for you know yourself you've, you've and he improved our production value so much 
but um, sometimes time constraints and other people's schedules, he's a busy man as well. So, you know, we're, we're still working with him sometimes. Okay, so folks, we're talking about uh, Tim Sherwood, excellent videographer, um, very good with music videos as well. But I suppose my question for you is, uh, working with Tim in the past, um, we, we shot a lot of videos, car videos together. And, like I have a few favorites that stand out. Is there any particular favorite? Now, I'm not asking you what your favorite car is, all right? That'd be really putting you on the spot. But is there any video that you like really enjoyed doing and you kind of still go back to and look at and go, yeah, that's 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 the one? There have been a few and it's funny, it's it's never usually the ones that you've planned that, you know, I want this really amazing backdrop or you try to film somewhere and it ends up being too busy. You know yourself, the logistics can be an absolute nightmare sometimes. But there was a shoot a couple of years back, we've probably gone three or four years back now, whenever we had a, um, the car in question was the Audi Q8, stunning car um, and we had gone up the mountains to our, our usual spot to film which is uh, somewhere up near um, Crew Water thereabouts but we yeah. went in the car park was too busy so we were kind of a little bit stuck it was, there was snow on the ground and um, we ended up finding this gorgeous little lay-by up the road and just with the snow the tree cover the car everything this was an absolutely beautiful shoot. It just turned out so well for something that could have gone so disastrously wrong, but that's, that's still one of my favorites. Okay, so Audi Q8. Oh, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm just going to pull it up here. Uh, Cards Ireland Audi Q8. I, I'm actually on your, your YouTube channel here at the moment, which by the way, folks, is Cards Ireland dot, spelled D-O-T-I-E. There you go. Uh, so we're looking for the Audi Q8. I just want to pull it up here. So one of the videos I did a few years ago, and I, I don't know, I don't know if this ever happened to you. We, we, when the Mustang first came out, we had the 5.0, right? So do you remember we had 161D, well, yeah. 161D50 and the, the screw in the plate holder of the registration plate was in the middle of the five and the zeros. It was great. So it Like at, a decimal, it was awesome, yeah. Such a great car. And funny enough, I saw it on the roads recently enough, or no, somebody took a picture and posted it on Instagram. And I was like, no, that's the one, that's the car. Um, and that, that dot in the middle that was on a license plate seems to have disappeared off it. But we shot this amazing video with uh, like it's it's the Ford Mustang, this wonderful piece of Americana, and uh, we brought it down to Wicklow. We 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 did it by the water in Wicklow Town. You know the way there's um there's a key as such in Wicklow Town. We brought it down there and we did loads of shooting there. And then we had this. We used to use the Arclo bypass uh, for a lot of our moving shots. Uh, in around um White's Jack White's, there's a kind of I won't say a closed off road, but it's empty now since the motorway came in. Nobody goes on it. We used to shoot there for driving shots and it was wonderful. And we did this amazing video and still my number one video that I've ever taken part in, right? And I was there when we came back, we were like, oh, that was awesome. We had the whole team working on it. It was so good. We're like, this is going to go viral. Uh, I think now we shot that maybe six years ago. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, six years ago, right? Uh, I think it hasn't even hit 2,000 hits. It just, it just slumped. It was like, there's so much Mustang content out there, but I still go back to that. Like every now and then when I'm looking back at the old videos, which I enjoy doing, I know it's very vain, but I, I like to sit down and kind of go, well, yeah, I did that. I'm proud of it. Uh, that's always the one I go to. I'm like, oh, that's the I, one. I feel, I feel your pain so much. Sometimes you put so, so much effort into production of something. And like you said, it's just, and then there can be, you know, something that you've basically just thrown together, something that you didn't think was going to take off. And it just rocket so much of it is just about the car what people are searching for what you're look like i mean youtube youtube algorithm is a mystery still pretty much i mean you just <laughs> know what's going to work and what's going what, what's not 
So I definitely, I do, I feel your pain. You think that because your production is so good, people are going to... Yeah. But they need to find it first. And, you know, that's, that's, half, that's half the work. But, but, but the funny thing as well, like, oh, oh, okay, so when you go onto Instagram, and I don't mean you, I mean the royal you, the royal us, the royal we, whatever it is, right? When you go on to kind of, let's say, Instagram, or if you go on to whatever, whatever tickles your fancy, Facebook, whatever. And if you have a look at videos, they're usually in um, portrait right, which, which definitely doesn't appeal to me in the real world, but it's usually shaky and it's real world video. And I suppose going back to your point, like never mind the amount of production value that you put into doing this, you just don't know what tickles the viewers fancy. So I got to the point when we were working cars, Car Buyer's Guide where it's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter how good this looks. It's, it's down to the search algorithm. Uh, it's down to good audio. Now, look, you, you know that. We, we all know that by now. It's, it's got to be good, clear audio. But in terms of camera work, it just doesn't seem to matter as much. By the way, I'm looking at your queue out here uh, to my right. Looks great. The snow, everything else like that is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I can see it here. I, I can see why you like that. So, folks, look for, I'll tell you what, search straight for Sinead McCann, Audi Q8 review, Cars Ireland. You'll find it that way. Uh, and I see as well your subscribers are after jumping nicely over 28,000 viewers. Yeah, we're uh, slowly ambling towards the 30 now. We've been a little bit slow, uh, like lots of logistics and stuff have kind of slowed down filming over the last couple of months. But getting back into it now, and I've got lots of stuff on the way. I just need to. Uh, Edit. Get through my backlog. <laughs> you know, you know the pain. I'm sure. I just need to get through my uh, backlog of editing now. Yeah, yeah. You, you you need a few days in the office where you can just turn or wherever it is you're working these days and just kind of turn around to everyone and say, "Don't talk to me. I'm going to sit down in front of Premiere Pro now and get it done." You know, um, you know how the edit is exactly. You literally need to switch off everything and just yeah. immerse yourself. But it's immense fun. Oh yeah. Because you, once, you can once you get over the initial, I used to all I remember when I first started out and everything was self filmed. I mean, I was literally doing everything by myself with just a GoPro on a little um, selfie stick, basically. <laughs> and editing myself was so difficult at the start because I mean, you're looking at it and you're so critical when you're you're editing yourself. All you can see is the the funny face you're making or you know that, that thing you did, you know. And it's just having to remove yourself and kind of pretend it's someone else and just yeah. concentrate on the content and the actual words coming out of your mouth but that's something that comes with, with practice I think I'm going to ask you something which I haven't asked right so we're on I think we're on episode six at the moment but but you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier on okay so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewind a small bit so you mentioned the lockdown screwing a lot of things up I haven't asked any motor journal this yet so you're the first congratulations well done you've won um what was lockdown like as a motor journalist? Um, how did that work? Like, did it get to a point where everything stopped because you weren't allowed to go beyond two kilometers? Or was there accommodation for you? It was a strange one for me. See, before lockdown, I had already left to go on maternity leave. So I was kind of out of action for that little while beforehand. And then, so I mean, we were like six or seven months probably into lockdown before I went back to work at the start of last year and things were quiet as in you know it wasn't the usual phone ring and saying do you want to take this this and this but there was stuff <laughs> happening it was uh, I think a lot of car companies were a little bit nervous to say look yes we are the cars are available I think it was very much what each particular journalist was comfortable with yeah. so it kind of 
ease back in. And I'd say by around March of last year, things were back in full swing and we were out because I mean, the risk was pretty minimal. If you were filming yourself, I mean, it was no more dangerous than going to take a taxi somewhere because you're literally, in fact, it's probably one of the safer jobs you can do because it's literally just you and the car. You're probably going to take it somewhere remote, film it by yourself and then drop it back and look at the protocols that most of the manufacturers and the uh, the logistics companies had in place were, were second to none. I mean, it was it was all yeah. handled really well and still is being handled really well, I have to say. Yeah, it, it was big news, wasn't it? Like when, when, for example, dealerships were able to reopen, there was a lot of talk about these machines, uh, uh, sterilization machines, sterilization kits for test drives and everything else like that. And I'm assuming uh, automotive, the, the uh, folks, the, the people who manage a lot of the car fleet for, for press, they're called automotive. I imagine they had top of the range in um, with their sterilized gloves on and everything else like that, scrubbing every car before you oh, get in. It's not the bleach. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there was extra protocols brought in. I think a lot of what a lot of companies did was extend the kind of rotation time so they wouldn't put a car out immediately after it had come back in. They'd either yeah. hold on to it for the day or the week or whatever and make sure, you know, that all thorough cleaning could be done. And you'd get your, you know, the new, <laughs> your well used to a goodie bag, I'm sure, but um, <laughs> pens and notebooks were replaced by branded face masks and branded hand sanitizer so you know i've now got a box full of mercedes uh finest sanitizer and yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at my pen here to figure out what it is it's an old skoda superb pen <laughs> trying to think oh this is unbranded actually i had a i was working a renault zoe earlier actually wow there you go it's funny they always bring back memories don't they they, they, they do. Would you believe, Sinead, that's, that's something I'm, I actually miss a lot is the pens. I still have a collection upstairs. I used to love the pens. Kia had this great pen, right? They had this beautiful, it, it was a red pen, uh, one of the Kia reds, right? And um, in the, so the bottom of it was the pen as normal. Yeah, it looks like a pen. It's great. And then up the top, it had this piece that you could take out and it was a highlighter. I was like, that's just, that's just incredible. It's a pen. Wait a minute. No, it's not. It's a highlighter. Oh, no, 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 it's a pen again. It just made me so happy. Endless areas of entertainment. I'd be going into I'd be going into work kind of going, look, do you like my pen? Oh, can I have it? No. Don't touch my fucking pen. It is. <laughs> I like this. I like this. We're, we're, we're asking hard questions here. Which manufacturers make the best pen? Oh, great question. Which manufacturer makes the best pen? Okay, go for it. Well, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't heard of anything as impressive as the, the Kia with its hidden, with its hidden secrets. Yeah. No, okay. Okay. So, congratulations. They they won a card year, Irish card year, with their EV6, and as well as that, um, I am awarding them. Sinead McCann's awarding them with pen of the year. Well done, Kia. That is fun. A red dot award going your direction, folks. That is. They'll need to. They'll need to make more room in their trophy cabinet this year. It's been a fantastic year for them. In fairness, and well deserved as well. EV6 is a fantastic car. Yeah. I, I, I want to ask you about that. And look, there, there's one thing that I've been kind of fretful of since since day one, the conversation has gone to EVs. But at the moment, especially with petrol prices, which we've spoken about a little bit there, and diesel prices, it's the only show in town right now. Right. So I want to ask you a question. Once again, I'm on carsireland.ie and one of your higher view videos, let's go back a page here. It's going to press play there. Uh, is you doing, oh, there's somebody talking. It's you doing a road trip with a friend in Nissan Leaf. You're going down to Kerry. Okay. It's, it's, I'm not stopping you. It's on the landing page here. Okay. That's okay. Uh, no, yeah. No, bringing back memories. Yeah. That was Dublin to Dingle in a Nissan Leaf. Now, this was a good few years back where 
I'm sure there's people doing this kind of thing every day now. Well, at the time we thought that this was, you know, yeah. a trailblazing experiment. With very, to be honest, I had very little experience with EVs at that stage. And it was the brand new 40 kilowatt leaf. So we were going to see how long it took to get there and what the charging infrastructure was like, et cetera. Um, and an interesting experience, an, an interesting experiment. Did the car die? It didn't die. No, we got very close to it. Though. Okay. All right. Come on. <laughs> we got closer than I'd like. Now on the way down, it was actually fine. We stopped, I remember in Newcastle West planned that way because it's a great little route into the south. You don't really need to veer off. Yeah. And um, it's a place a lot of people stop anyway. So we plugged in for a charge. Now, when I look back on that video, I'm embarrassed by my charging etiquette. Okay. I wasn't aware of at the time you're not to charge above 80% from a fast charger. It's bad manners because, you know, you've got someone, you could have someone else waiting for a charge. Wasn't aware at the time, but I mean. Uh, let, let's get back to that. Keep going. I want to come back okay. to that. Anyway, we got our charge and we made it to Jingle. And luckily enough, there was a slow charger there, um, which managed to get us enough charge to get back the next day. I think we took a charge maybe in Killarney and then Killarney to Dublin now was ambitious. <laughs> Even on a full charge, I think uh, <laughs> we had to resort to leaf speed at somewhere along the way on the N7. So we were going about 80 kilometers. It was a slow oh. journey home. I think I made it home. Oh, if I even had 15 kilometers. Wow. Oh, okay. No, so, so, so you say Clarny Dublin, that's single charge in a leaf. Yeah, I think we were about that, yeah. That's that. That's actually quite remarkable because that's a long ass drive. Sorry yeah. for Ireland. Like, a, look, obviously, folks, we live in a small island. Um, Dublin to Kerry, Dublin to Clarny is a mammoth drive. Like, I mean, on a on a bad day, you could be talking five hours. That's on a bad day. Um, trust me, I used to go down to to concerts in in the INEC and things like that. And then, oh God, it shows my age. I can remember going down to watch David Gray in in Clarny one year. And it took us at least five hours because, of course, you had loads of other people also going to see David Gray. Oh, uh, yeah. You're not the only, yeah, no, Ironic is a great venue, actually. I was there a couple of times myself. And it's a long ass drive. OK, let's let's go back to etiquette. Right. And um, by the way, I still haven't asked you the question I wanted to ask you on EBs, but let, let's go back to etiquette. Right. Does that not kind of seem like a. Right. So we're you've got a government, you've got manufacturers, you've got the. Uh, environmentalists everyone kind of promoting look let's go let's go EV right and in theory it's a great idea um but we still don't have the infrastructure and I don't want to use do the usual moaning but now that etiquette is going to be another barrier because let's face it some people will need to do a full charge and the, I thought the whole idea behind the fast charger was they charge completely is there an etiquette Sinead and if there is it's breaking my heart well, I'm, I'm learning as I go as well, Dara, to be totally honest, um, and I'm getting more and more EVs. Now, to be honest, I've got a home charger installed, and personally, I think that's the way that it works best, and yeah. nobody should really be dependent on the public network. Now, I know there's a funny situation at the moment where people have got their EVs, and they're still waiting on their chargers, and they may have been told by opportunistic sales people that it's completely fine to go and have a charger you know down at your local little or, or, or somewhere for, for hours at a time and that's where kind of people are running into problems but yeah no I'm learning as I go I'm, I'm um I keep an eye on the uh, EV owners group and stuff on Facebook and I can see these issues cropping up because obviously there's been a massive surge in sales especially this year so what you've got is a lot of newbie EV owners yeah. not really knowing what what the, what the story is whereas 
the people who've been in them for a few years are well versed in maybe letting each other know they leave notes they might leave a phone number you know if you if you need a charge you do this and and that kind of thing I suppose it's all about just consideration and cooperation at the moment while the infrastructure is as limited as it is I, I look I'm, I'm all for manners uh, manners cost no right um however on on the charge i think if somebody's using a fast charger they have the right to the extra 15 minutes that's just me or whatever length of time it's going to take uh but one thing that used to bug me was on those rare occasions because once again last time i did a test drive were for maybe five years um there was very few like you're talking literally Nissan Leaf or a plug-in hybrid or whatever it is, but you'd go to charge it up and there'd be, I remember in particular, I live um, near enough to Drumcondra mm-hmm. and there's one EV point beside Fagan's pub on the Drumcondra road, right? And it was always a Toyota Yaris park there, a real old first-generation horrible Toyota Yaris, always parked there, like always. And it had a twin. Right. So it was Yaris followed by another Yaris and they just parked there and they're in the middle of the two cars, this fucking charger. And you're sitting there going, oh, lads. and then then you go home and use your three point, your, your three pin plug and wait for. I can remember once I had the XC90 T8. Right. So the T6 plus two. So it was a plug in hybrid. And I can remember plugging it in and I'm waiting there eight hours with the windows open in the house. It must have been March or something like that. So it was a little bit ball freezing. It was quite cold. Um, and just plugging it in because we're supposed to test drive it for these things. It's like yeah. those, if they say it's going to give you 30 kilometers, will it? Yeah. Or 50 kilometers, will it? And that was a big question. And I can remember the frustrations like the fucking Yaris driver, like, fuck, it wasn't an EV. Whatever about someone actually hogging the charge for a charge, but to get ice, as they say, is just. Oh, great term. Okay. I love it. I, is, that the, is that the term now? To oh, get yes, ice? It's the lingo, yeah. So cool. You've been eyes. Yes. Oh, that just made my day. That's fantastic. Right. Let's move off EVs, right? Because I really am worried. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I did have a question here and I have to get to it. I'm worried that we're going to turn into an EV podcast, which I don't want to do. But I am going to ask you, which EV has brought you the furthest, right? Okay. So we spoke about the leaf there earlier on. Which one do you think you would trust most to get you from A to B? Um, let, let's say it was a 200 kilometer journey. Do you ever go to Donegal? Um, I haven't been in years, but um, yeah, uh, it's a prospect. Kerry, I actually travel to quite often. Okay, so is there any EV that you feel would bring you safety there where you're not kind of sitting there going, will I make it? Will I make it? Will I make it? Is there any particular one that stands out? Now, I know they all come with different battery sizes, so it's not really a fair question. But even with the larger battery sizes, have you ever sat comfortably into an EV and said, yeah, I got this? Um, I haven't. Now, as you said, there's a lot of them out there that will say they're capable. I mean, if you're looking at the new the EV6 Ionic 5 or around 400, slightly over 400 mark, and say my journey to South Kerry is maybe hitting 350. Now, obviously, a good portion of that is going to be at 120 on the motorway. So would I... No, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it is possible in one charge. Now, that said, I very rarely, in fact, I don't think I've ever done that journey without stopping for a refuel for food or, you know, to get out and stretch the legs and have a coffee. So depending on how convenient that is to stop off at, say, 
a day in Newcastle West and your chances of having, you know, the fast charger free. Yeah. yeah, it's doable. But look, it's just one of those things. It just requires a little bit more planning. And then I think about how an EV might fit into my life and would, would it be a step I'd be willing to take myself? And that's immediately the journey that comes to mind. But then I have to rethink and say, look, I do that journey maybe once or twice a year if I'm lucky. Mm. So am I going to base my whole? There's just an awful lot of things to weigh up. Okay, so I, I, I think you might have answered the next question for me. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Like in many ways, yeah, the selection is better than it's ever been. Um, but they're still on the pricey side, especially I find for the family market, like I'm in the position now where I'm looking for room for car seats and, and buggies and stuff. So to pay for, and if you also want a decent battery range, it's still on the pricey side. So, I mean, I can only see things improve and I can only see the selection getting better and the price hopefully falling over the next few years and maybe becoming on, on par with, with its ice counterpart. And that's the spot where, where I would personally move. Okay, I'm, go- I'm going to put you on the spot. Right, I'm going to ask you two questions. I, I would never ask this question of cars in general, right? But there's so few EVs, I think it's safe to ask. Have you got a favourite and a least favourite? Oh. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, for the EV, the EV, like, I, I was blown away by both of the Korean entries last year. So the Ionic 5 and the EV6 were spectacular. I mean, they just, they just seemed, you know, they came one after the other. They had all, like, they were really well spec. They were both really cool looking cars. The range was impressive and they were relatively affordable in relation to, you know, what they were capable of. But I still think space-wise, the Skoda Enyaq would probably hip it for me because it was almost, you know, almost as impressive in terms of range. Probably maybe a little bit pricier. Like, there's a vast range and there's different battery sizes and there's lots of kind of extras and spec and stuff. But that, that would probably be what would suit me best or what I'd probably need size-wise. So I think, though I have to throw in a mention there to the BMW iX3, which I had before Christmas, in terms of driving dynamics and also space inside, it was a fantastic car. Now, obviously it's a BMW, it's more expensive than the other three I mentioned, but definitely worth mentioning because it was just, I mean, BMW are doing fantastic electric stuff as well. It's, you know, it's just like driving a normal BMW, which you know yourself is is a fun experience. Oh yeah, it's nice. It's so nice, so nice. Um, so I have to ask it negative, and and then where you're kind of like, no, you still have work to do. Um, so my least favorite EV. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, uh, look, I, I'll give you my least favourite. I'm going to base this purely on looks. Um, and I feel that they can give more. I, I, I hate to say it, and it's the most popular choice, possibly Nissan Leaf. Uh, and I'll give you the reasons why I say it. For a brand that should be number one, and they, they probably are still the best-selling EV, although I'd say Hyundai Kona or something like that's going to start slipping in there, right? Um, for a brand that has so much time spent on EV technology, for them to only have the Nissan Leaf number one pisses me off like that. That mm-hmm. I, I just want more from them. Uh, they're a great company. Give us more. And I know they invested in Renault and all the partners and everything else like that. I also think it's not really an attractive car. Now, in fairness, they were pioneers. Uh, they gave us they gave us the first imagery of really mass produced electric vehicle. That's fine. Um, but as well as that, I'm underwhelmed 
by the range figures I'm reading at the moment from, I think it should offer a lot more. So yes, that's me. That's fair. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the, sometimes you, like you look at companies who've had so much time to refine the technology and you're wondering, hey, where's the electric cash guy? Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'd say it's only a matter of time. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably already built, but well, they should be number one with every, every segment at the moment. Then again, maybe they're saying, no, we're getting too much, this too much of a cash cow. Um, it's just going to keep producing milk for us, milk being money. And it's, you know, um, that's it. And as, as I said, look, it's clear they're investing in Renault. Uh, Renault has a, an electric vehicle for every shade. Um, but Nissan, yeah, kind of just disappoints me. Okay, I don't want to not answer your question. So I'm going to say, and not for any technical reasons, because technically it's a very good car. I'm not a fan of the Hyundai Kona EV. Okay. I think it's a combination of the look doesn't really do it for me and I found it quite tight in the back and not the most practical. Okay. I, I, now, to, that, that, that's the great thing about cars, right? Beauty's in the eye of the, eye of the beholder. I, I'd actually tend to agree with you. I don't like the nose on. It's like the first Ionic when it came out. When you looked at the electric version, you looked at the, I, I think it was some carbon bar, carbon lookalike, carbon fiber lookalike to the front. And I can remember looking at the lack of grill going, what the hell? Like even MG with their MG5 have tried with their fake grill that looks like the old Volkswagen Passat. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they've put in something. And I think the Kona, right? So the Ionic 5 is beautiful. And the nose on that looks so good, right? It, it like it's, and it doesn't have a grill. It's just got this fucking great looking yoke to the front. I don't know what it is, but I'd agree with you, the Kona. It's a funny looking nose. Whereas the Kona proper, or sorry, I won't say proper because petrol or diesel version probably isn't proper anymore but i think that's a nicer looking bus so good choice yeah and like you said it's it's similar to what you said about nissan it's kind of looking at what they're capable in, in terms of design by looking at the ionic 5 and the new tucson is is a, is a very good looking car as well i think the, the, I, the, I tell you what the, the, both kia and hyundai are just like i i look at sorrento these days and it would, five years ago it was a different looking machine Mm-hmm. But I used to love it back then for its practicality, but also for the visuals of it. It's like, this is a nice looking machine. But now every time I see, um, uh, uh, well, every time I see one going by me, my head turns and I'm like, that looks fantastic. And they're coming out with great looking cars. Ever since the Stinger came out, I'm like, wow. But then Hyundai are giving the exact same thing. Like if, if you look at the Santa Fe now, it's like, wow, this is mammoth. The Tucson has never looked so good. Never. They're two amazing success stories in terms of design. Um, I, should, I have to mention the new Sportage as well, which is another fantastic looking machine. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, and it's brave and it's bold and it's different. It's really nice to see. Right. I'm going to move you over. Right. Uh, let, let's talk about a petrol car. Uh, what, what's petrol or diesel? What's the most recent ice car you've driven? And that, don't, don't throw in a hybrid in there now. Okay. I want oh, an ice no, car. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm in this week because I'm actually really excited about it for a change. I'm in something really interesting. It is the Suzuki Jimny. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I knew I'd get that reaction. I get that reaction from everyone. It is awesome. It's truly awesome. It's a 1.5 liter diesel manual five-speed gearbox. Nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute bone rattler on the M50. And it is just such brilliant fun. I, I heard it's, it's technically a commercial vehicle, yeah? Yes, sorry, yeah. So I will. It's almost, no, no. Worth, start, it's almost worth starting your own business to own one, though. 
No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Me saying technically commercial is not given out. It's because you, you said there it's, it's empty. All it is is it's a shell oh, of a Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, what I meant was I didn't want to get everyone's hopes up because they were rare enough to begin with. They're like hen's teeth and there's only the commercial vehicle available now. And I believe they are still quite rare. So, yeah, we'll we, we, we get over that bit, right? Um, tell me this. What, what have you got planned for? Because now you have to visual, you have to create the visuals for the rest of us. As we sit at home, because I'm yet to see one out in the streets. Uh, we, we have an old Jimny around the corner, which I love to see. I always pointed out to my son. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's so much fun. So much fucking fun. You like that car, son. Um, but how, how will you bring the visuals to us on this? Um, I haven't talked too much about the video actually yet. And kind of sometimes I plan around the weather and that. But um, I just want to get the sense of fun across. And it's going to be very different in that usually you are listing off your specs and your you know your four different specs and your premium and your premium plus suzuki keep it very simple in fact there's only one trim level and there's just no bells and whistles there won't be much to talk about you've got no back seats you've got a you know a cage <laughs> with a big empty boot for for whatever you need and then you've got your very basic radio do you have bluetooth and um, but nothing else and i'll tell you something actually this car has really opened my eyes to just how reliant i've become on some of the modern uh, gadgets, like as in reversing out of a spot without a reversing camera, you're like, <gasps> wing mirrors? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this voodoo? What the fuck? Um, Where yeah, are yeah. my heated seats on my heated steering wheel? It's uh, No, it's a real throwback. And if anyone hasn't seen a gym near, has no idea what I'm talking about. If you can imagine a little, small, cute Tonka truck, it's a... Uh, the one I'm driving is white as well. It's got black steel wheels. It is just, it's awesome. And I believe, Sinead, right, uh, and the, look, the weekend's coming. So ha- had we done this interview next week, you could possibly tell me, but I believe it's capable as well. Like if, if you were to, like, I, I kind of hope for your sake that the weather's a little bit shit and you decide to go up the Wicklow Mountains or the Dublin Mountains and kind of go, oh, look, there's a sneaky off-road area there. We could try it out. You're Don't, right, do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but I believe it's very capable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have this four-wheel drive settings and you know little switches and stuff for extra traction control. So it definitely would be a bit of fun on a on an off-road adventure. I, I think you should set it up. I, I I think you guys in Cars Ireland, maybe not for this weekend, but I think you guys in Cars Ireland should call up Suzuki and say, guys, I need you to sort out a course for us. We're going to make this wonderful video and show just how much fun that Suzuki can be for the commercial van van buyer out there. Um, <laughs> in, in case they're bringing their fragile goods in the rear, they'll be able to go down these bumpy roads and let's. Because I, I, do you still bounce around them? Like I, I oh, remember, totally, yeah. Do you know, what? I can just picture this thing bouncing around down like a mountain and carry, you know, space enough for to rescue a sheep in the back, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. just be perfect. This is your video. This is your video. Do the mountains and carry rescue some sheep? That that's where it belongs because I mean, taking it home on the M50, it's like I said, five-speed gearbox, screaming for you to change gears. I have no more gear. You know, it's just a, it's definitely not a motorway car, but it is wonderful in that you just. It's just such a pure motoring experience. It's like I can hear the little engine where and by, and you know I can feel every bump in the road. I'm I'm working for this steering. <laughs> so, Sinead, t- t- tell me this: what has changed in the last five years? Okay, so uh, so I'm looking back at my time talking to all you guys, uh, and I'm kind of like, okay, what's changed? Because 
it, it seems the same. Now, I'm still talking to the people that I knew historically when I was working there. I'm hoping to bring in some of the newbies in as well and kind of talking to them, getting their opinions. But what's changed over the last five years? Like in your view, right? So I've missed out in five years of driving. What's changed? Like, for example, when, when I was leaving, infotainment was becoming really exciting. Okay, um, EVs is an obvious massive change. Uh, I'm assuming whatever petrol and diesels are left became cleaner for real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm I'm alluding to Dieselgate, obviously there with for real, as in actually clean. Um, but has anything? Have you noticed any major changes over the last five years? And do you reckon there's any major changes coming? I'm in shock now that you've said five years. I'm actually feeling old. I can't believe it's been five years since. Oh no, you, you are old. Together. You are oh, old. No, I, I've accepted that. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, five years goes by in the blink of an eye. It really does. But um, yeah, like you said, the major change has been EV, and I've I noticed it because like I took a year at myself, and then between COVID and everything, and you come back and suddenly you're gone from maybe from maybe, oh, what would you have been doing before? Maybe an electric car once every three months to it being very rare to, if you're if you're not driving an EV, it's a plug-in or it's some kind of hybrid. And like you said, it's the cleaning up of the engines and it's the, um, yeah, it's, it's that, that's the main difference I have to say is just the electrification and it's happening so quickly. And it's been so impressive in places. I mean, the brands tend to be taking either a, we're going to build a whole new car from the ground up and you know build a whole new range around this like the likes of Volkswagen with their new platforms or they're going to electrify what they have like Mercedes are doing which is interesting as well and it's a nice mix to see it's nice to be able to have that same kind of option still be able to drive the kind of car that you want to drive but to have a greener option you know and for it to not just be about well what is the most range I can get for my euro (laughs) you know it's just it's, it's evolved into being, you know, just having an electric option for almost everything. Yeah. Which is where it needs to go, I think. Well, yeah, we, we, which they kind of need to do. But on the, on the flip side of things as well, but before I left, what was also becoming, um, I suppose, bigger, uh, and I don't know if it's changed much that, since then. Um, let's take, for example, the Volvo S90, uh, V90. Uh, let's take the Tesla Model S and probably every other Tesla that followed it. Um the, the autopilot, um, the auto drive, uh, that type of stuff. Has that improved over the last five years? Is it on offering more cars where, where the car will take over steering? And I know it's it's 20 seconds until it beeps and then you have to put your hand on the wheel, whatever it is. But has that become more common? Exactly. Yeah, like, I mean, you still see it. It's still, like, I mean, the likes of BMW have been doing that for a long time, you know, with their active cruise control. And, you're, you know, as you said, your kind of bare minimum control on the steering wheel. I had, like there haven't been any major leaps and bounds. I don't think obviously with Tesla, your autopilot stuff is slightly limited here. Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, you, you can see it evolving, but I still imagine that we're quite a while away from actual self-driving stuff. Yeah, I, 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 don't, know. I don't know if it's going to be a sad day or a joyous day when we're ready for that. Well, this um, is it. What, what will I do then? What would be my job if I'm, you know... <laughs> you, you, like, Snade, you, you, you get to just sit there and say, drive okay, me. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll review from the passenger seat. Quite nice, actually. Yeah, I, I can imagine the videos, the arms behind the head, you're kind of <laughs> laid back and it's like, okay, so I'm driving in the brand new Volvo XC90 and uh, yes, it does this, that and the other. It's fantastic. Listen, Sinead, I'm going to wrap it up. Before I do, though, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to choose a song while I'm saying goodbye to everyone. Okay. Think it over. Don't don't answer yet. 
Okay, folks, you've been listening to Drive Talking, um, and hopefully, hopefully by now you've pressed the follow button. If you haven't, uh, do it now, please. Uh, tell your friends, uh, tell your friends, tell their friends, and keep it up. As I said, Paddy Common with the AA podcast made it in the top 200 there a few weeks ago. That's where we want to be uh, very soon. Then after that, we'll get greedy and say we want to be in the top 100, and on it goes and goes and goes. Back to Sinead McCann, you've thought of a song? Yes, give me MGMT Kids, please. Awesome choice. Bye, folks. See you next Sunday.